Hello and welcome to Touchline from Casper Els and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark. Hi, Cas. Awesome being back in studio after awesome weekend's uh, results and a few upsets and surprises. But more importantly, the the fact that we're continuing with uh, the Premier Division coaches or management from different clubs and looking forward to have a chat with an old friend of mine and obviously coaching colleague from Crusaders. So once you introduce him, we'll get on to this. Yes, definitely. We welcome Mr. Dusty Noble, head coach of uh, Box Crusaders. Dusty, welcome in the studio with us. Uh, pleasure having you here. No, thank you for having me. I've watched one or two of your shows and I look forward to chatting to you guys. Good. At and least at least we brought some pretty face into the studio. Also, <laughs> <laughs> your wife thinks. <laughs> yeah, since, since you've got the right face for radio. Yes, definitely. That's why we have all the hits. Yeah. Cool. Um, we're talking some Rainbow, Rainbow Cup, um, Curry Cup that kicked off this weekend. We're going to just touch on the United Rugby Championship and then KZNRU Club Rugby as usual. And hopefully Dusty will give us some decent insight there. Starting with the Rainbow Cup, um, the Bulls going to Italy to go and play Benetton, where all the South Africans thought that the Bulls will be in for a, a decent game. And Benetton definitely had different ideas. Mark, if I can start with you, your thoughts on this game? Well, firstly, firstly congratulations to both teams, obviously, making the final. Um, look, obviously the Bulls went there and, and we'll touch on that now um, and they came off second best. But a lot of people are even questioning Benetton's um, qualification into the into the final because of COVID and they didn't play all the top top guys and so on and so forth. But, you know, that's that's part of our our game at the moment is COVID. So if you if you manage to not play a top side and you go through. I mean, Benetton didn't make the rules. That's part of the competition rules yeah. and they made it and good luck to them. Part of what they also set out to do is because no Italian side has ever won uh, a, a top competition and, and obviously been successful and that's what they pushed for. From a South African point of view, obviously it's disappointing that the Bulls went all the way to, to Italy to come undone the way they did. Um, it was a disappointing side of it. Not losing to Benetton specifically, because on the day, obviously, Benetton actually played very well and, and deserve, it, deserve it winners at the end of the day. I think they were more composed and, and well-organized and well-planned, and the coaching staff obviously did what they needed to do. Not coming up with any excuses or anything, but one needs to take into perspective the Bulls' setup as well. They, they had one or two guys going on tour that were debutants that haven't even played in the whole tournament. Now, part of the reason for that is all the Springboks that are that are going to be taking part in the Lions series was withdrawn out of all the franchises. That's one. Then you have the Springbok under-21s that were also withdrawn out of the franchises because they're busy playing in a competition. Um, and to crown it all, although the so-called A-side went to Italy, um, the Curry Cup started this week, and they had to play with another side in the Curry Cup as well. So having said that, though, in all our franchises, I think the Bulls are probably the ones with the, with the most depth in quality and the way Jake White has, has built around them. But there's no excuse for the lackluster performance that that. We took to, to Italy and Benetton rightfully deserved it. So there's many questions as to were we arrogant and did we think we're just going to pitch because unfortunately there was lots of talk leading 
up to that game to say in theory we just need to basically get off the plane and then play. Um, but I mean, a coach like Jake White is, is an astute coach. I don't think he would have been caught like that. Whatever happened to the players is a different story. Um, but I think he would have prepared as well as he could. And it's disappointing in the way that we fell apart. But give Bennett and the credit. Yeah, I, I had a look. I don't think we must look uh, too much into that game. Um, I think a full-strength Bulls team would have done much better. But it's also a good wake-up call for us as South Africans if we think uh, we're going to go into Europe and dominate. And It's, just, it's a different game. Um, and I think I always say to our boys, even at the club, uh, if Japan can beat the Springboks, why can't Pennington beat 100%. So on the day, um, rugby's not played on paper, it's played on grass. So... Um, I think Benetton pitched up and um, they got the result that they deserved on the day. And, um, yeah, I think we can make excuses and all that. I think on the day, Benetton was the better team. And um, you, we all know we've played the game. If uh, in the media the whole week you read how you're going to get destroyed and how you're going to lose against this powerful Bulls outfit, it's easy to motivate your boys. And, and just on Saturday we saw again... Uh, a good example of that. And I also think, Cass, uh, what, what made a difference, and I'm not saying in the performance of the Bulls, obviously um, in studio the week before that we spoke about, and I still said, doesn't matter how far the Bulls are behind at any time, they're similar, currently they're similar to All Blacks, and sorry for comparing those two sides now. They know how to win. They know how to come back from behind um, and actually win right at the end. They've done it how many times throughout the previous competitions, but I also think what played a what played a massive role in this. The the South African franchises have had nearly a year, year and a half's rugby. Well, call it a year's rugby without any spectators, without anything. When the Bulls took the field, they heard that they were in Italy. The support was phenomenal, um, and. In part, I think that also played a role because obviously it makes the team feel uncomfortable and say, yes, you know, the underdog's tails are up. It's like club rugby in South Africa when when uh, a top side goes and plays a weaker side and that weaker side can stay in the game for as long as possible. The top side all of a sudden go, wait a minute, we're in for a game. And I think from the, from the outset... At Benetton, that was it. I mean, they started dictating play from, from the first second of the game. They took the Bulls out of their comfort zone. And then the crowd started backing their boys. And I think yeah. that in itself um, made, a, made a massive difference for that. But yet, as Dusty said, there's no excuses for our lackluster performance. And uh, yet again, Benetton definitely deserved their win. But I still think it's, it, it's good for Italian yeah. rugby as well. If you if you look at the side that played last year in the in the Pro 14, they they were without 12 of the international players that were in the in the Italian mm. squad, mm. which they had on Saturday, all 12 of them, and um, Italian rugby being where it where it was prior to this game, and the belief that this game would have brought back into Italian rugby now that they can actually win the big ones, I think it's it's good for Italian rugby. Yeah, no, I think, um, as you said, only uh, Italian rugby will go from strength to strength after this. Um, if you look at what it did to us when we won the World Cup, I mean, prior to the World Cup, three, four, five months before that, 
I don't think uh, we didn't want to watch the rugby anymore. And when we when you win and people they buy into it and everything's successful and the coach is good and every the structures are good and and, we, and similar if you lose then we start questioning every every decision making. Uh, every decision we make. That, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's good for Italian rugby, but I don't. Personally, I don't think we should look too much in. I don't think we're in a crisis. It's no, significant no. teams. I think it's a really good uh, wake-up call um, for all our teams. And I think uh, the Sharks, the Lions, uh, the Bulls and the Stormers guys will obviously will have had a look at that game and say, OK, listen, we're going to have to play here. We're going to do well. So it's a good, good wake-up call. But I think you're 100% correct. You know, I go to the Lions series now. Now a lot of people are starting to question the, the Springboks' ability to beat the Lions. And with all due respect, I mean you can't you can't compare no. compare the two at all. You know, you're taking the best out of the best in South Africa, and half of our side, probably half of them, play in Europe. And in, in, in any case, so they used to all the players that are touring here. And what happens when you put a quality side together? All of a sudden, they start gelling. Most of these guys played in the World Cup before. Um, you know, and and we were speaking a little earlier, talking about. South Africa, five, six months prior to the World Cup, no one gave us a chance. Look at what happened in Japan when they hosted the World Cup. I mean, those guys were so motivated. They went right through to the quarterfinals for the first time in their yes. history. And it changed the face of Japan rugby. And, and, you know, and that is what it's about. But you can't, you know, it's different competitions, different players. Um, I, 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 I definitely believe that it's a, it would be a change for Italy and they'll be on the right track. It's what they're going to do going forward to keep this going, which is the question. And yet again, to come back to Benetton, in the pro previous Pro 14, they were they didn't even win one game. Yes. And this this time around, they were they were unbeaten. Uh, just add to that, if if you look at the difference, because obviously this was Pro 14 North versus South. Yes. What one also needs to look at, because we only had four teams playing, so we played double headers basically two two games against each uh, franchise, whereas in Europe, I think they had to play 16 or 18 games yes. to go through to the finals. That in itself is a is a massive difference in, in the two North versus Match South. Fitness, yes, 100%. You know, and, so, and, yeah. and if you think about it, we play the same, that's part of what Jake White said, we play the same players or the same clubs over and over and over. Now you're going to play in Europe against 16 or 17 different ones. You need to switch on Every single game, your analysis is different and so forth. So um, I think it was an eye-opener. So we can't wait for the one to kick off. I think it's in October when the next one starts. And obviously, we're part of that. So let's see. Thank you. Then talking some Curry Cup. Curry Cup kicking off this weekend. Uh, Pumas playing the Lions on Friday night. Pumas 39, Lions 10. Then Griquas playing the Sharks in Kimberley, Greek was 16, Sharks 30, and then the Bulls in Western Province at Loftus, Bulls 24, Western Province 48. Dusty, if I can start with you, the Lions Pumas were quite a bit of a surprise to me. Not for Sorry, me. I was just going to say, he's an he's a ex-Lion player himself. So, uh, I'm think, a Lions supporter. I, I, think so he was, I think he was bleeding a bit on the weekend. No, I think... Um, <laughs> Uh, 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 yes, obviously I've got a soft spot for the Lions and the Sharks, but I would I I, I expected the I expected the Pumas to win. Um, the Pumas are a difficult team where if, when you're at your full strength, and if you have a, if you have a look at that uh, Lions teams, a lot of young guys there. Um, 
um, especially up front, they struggle there. Um, so at the Pumas, any Jimmy Stonehouse team you're gonna come up, you must you're gonna have to meet them up front. I think the Pumas hooker Simon Westrat, I think he was the man of the match. He he climbed into them. So if you're gonna if you're gonna beat the Pumas, you're gonna have to meet them uh, with physicality. You have to meet fire with fire. And um, yeah, so I think that's where they went wrong. Um, the Pumas had their fly off back. He played really well. Um, so I think, uh, but any Jimmy, uh, any Jimmy uh, Stonehouse team, you're gonna you're gonna come up with against physicality. I agree. If you if you look at you know if you just look at the way the Pumas play in general, um, they play proper rugby. You know, you I think one underestimates them because they're not a. I'm sorry for saying it like this. They're not a a. a a league team, if you want to call a it that, union. you know, it's a big it's union so for a better, union. better word. Um, but like Rikwas, I mean, if more so the Pumas at home as well. It's a different kettle of fish. Um, but I, but I agree with you. I think the Lions are, are youngsters, and and in the Curry Cup now, you've also seen that there's a few new faces in yes. the Curry Cup as well. Other than the Springboks being taken out and that, I think what probably happened at the Lions as well, um, they rested a few players. And there's extra new the youngsters that came in. And yet again, when you play the Pumas or the Griquas, it's a risky business for a coach to, to go that route, you know. So And it cost him, but Pumas played very well, very well. And, and yet again, like the underdogs, if they have snuff and you allow them to play, they will destroy you any day. And that's exactly what they did. I think the Lions are going to, I hope they don't, I think they're going to have a tough uh, curry cup. Um, I think this week they're playing against Province, who's playing really well. But obviously, so I think they're gonna have to. If you, I think they made a couple of changes up front the lines for this week. I think they've changed their tight head, and then obviously the Lucia are the same and the backs are the same. But I think it, they're gonna struggle this year. So I hope not. So a question quickly off off the bat: Bismarck Duplessis is on his way back, right, to South Africa. So he's one of a few that have been released from Europe. Question mark. Would that not be a good place because he's not contracted yet and obviously Yanni is there. So would that not be a good place for the Lions to look at? I think he's 38 now, if I'm not mistaken, but I mean he's still playing decent rugby as a as an older guy to bring into a union like that, maybe? Yeah, I'm a firm believer in um, bringing senior guys back. I think I've played with, obviously, with Bismarck a bit as a 121 and a little bit at the Sharks. He will bring a lot of uh, experience uh, into that team, and also he's got high standards, so he'll pull guys up with him to to perform like that. Um, but you have to sign the right guys. I think I don't know how the Lions, uh, their camp. You need to find the right guy to obviously make the team stronger. Um, your culture. I don't know how the culture is going there. So I think the right senior guy will definitely make a massive, massive impact. I think with just young props that they have there and they've got a guy like Bismarck in the middle and uh, I think it will make a massive Oh, just look at difference. what Jake has done with the Bulls. Same scenario. All the older guys have come in and I mean they've turned the tables. No, you have to. They have. Then moving on to Griqua's Sharks. Mark? Mm. So, uh, we we did say from Sean, the beginning. Sean is listening though. Huh? Yeah, no, he may listen and, and good up, yeah, good well done to you, Sean. And uh, I think it was a nice birthday present to, to Sean Everett as well. It was his birthday on Friday. Happy birthday, Sean. We're belated. Um, if you, we did say going to Griqua, similar to the Pumas, it's yes. going to be tough for us. 
and hats off to the Sharks. I mean, this time around, they, they kept a, a decent distance between the scoreline now between them and, and Griquas and kept them out of the running pros, probably for majority of the game. Um, and I think in the in the past, I think it was last season or in the Curry Cup, previous Curry Cup that we played, um, it, it took a, a penalty right at the at the end or in injury time for us to win that game in Kimberley. That's normally how close it is. I mean, they've sunk in how many top sides going to Kimberley. But I think our preparation uh, was good. Part of the problem, and, and I feel for the Pumas, and I mean, the Pumas, the Pumas are going to smile now because it actually works against what I'm saying. The Pumas and Griquas haven't played for months, whereas all the other franchises have been playing week in and week out. So that in itself could have been part of the reason why Griquas didn't do well um, because they haven't played. But I mean, they're the Pumas now, and they turned the tables, you know. So um, I feel for them, but uh, they, you know, the sad part with with both Griquas and and the Pumas. I mean, Jimmy Stonehouse and them now said they've got a few injuries. This is where the problem lies. So they can't compete against the bigger unions week in and week out because they don't have the same depth. So the depth clause definitely is going to come in now where, where the Curry Cup and we'll run past that just now is where we play week midweek games as well. You know, so but in any case, to come back to Grikos, I think uh, Sean Everett and them did their homework. They their structures was good. The guys actually stuck to what they had to do. Um, it's never easy there. That it's it's tough ground and it's hard and and you know things like that. But they stuck to their guns and. One aim would obviously have been to get a bonus point, a five-pointer. Um, I think they did brilliantly. And if, if that is how it's going to work with no Springboks. And see, this is also normally a leveler. When the Springboks get taken out, your so-called smaller unions are technically closer to the bigger ones because now it's nearly strength versus strength. Um, but I think I think both Riquas and Pumas are still going to surprise a few teams in this Curry Cup. Yeah, I think the Sox did really well. Um I think uh, Greg has been the Sarks bogey team in the yes. last couple oh, yes. of years. Yes, definitely. I think they've lost a couple of games there, starting from, what, 2006, when they want Pinari to kick a goal and the last minute to sink his dad uh, in Kimberley. Um, yeah, I think Son and them are on the right path. I think um, uh, with, with Jaden Hendricks and not being selected for the Springboks, I think it helps, uh, it helps the Sox yes, immensely because yes, yes. he's a Springbok playing yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's Curry Cup. Yeah. And I think he made a massive difference. And I think uh, the Sox centers played direct and uh, didn't try, uh, try to be too fancy. And uh, if you go to Kimberley, you have to, again, yeah, uh, you have to up. meet them, you yeah. have to man up. They'll always test you physically. Um, I think with uh, Scott Matthew, uh, he also brings a little bit of flair now. They also try to play proper rugby. But I think uh, the Sharks are really happy with that result. It's yeah, never yeah, easy yeah. to go to Kimberley. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a good uh, it's a, uh, birthday present for Sean Everett. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at the scoreline, and that's a decent scoreline, you know. So, it's a decent so I think, put it this way, um, I think there's high standards in all the franchises, but most of the boxes would be ticked um, with the Sharks going to Kimberley, for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a way there. I mean, your first, your first game away against the side there... And obviously, there's when I say when I say needle, um, there's more needle in it because Scott Matty is a is a Sharks boy, you know, he's, he's from us. Um, and then uh, you know you have Albert van der Berg and all those uh, Sharks boys there. So it would have been a personal thing as well, you know, um, a nice personal thing if I want to call it that. So yeah, big up to the Sharks and the coaching staff for for taking that one. Yeah, well done to them. And then we touched on it earlier. 
um, talking about the Bulls' depth, um, playing playing in the Curry Cup, uh, losing their Springboks, going to Italy to go and play in the in the final, and then have to play in the Curry Cup, losing to to Western Province twenty four forty eight. Dusty. Yeah, I think. Um First of all, I think it would have been a brilliant opportunity for the guys who played the Curry Cup game. I think putting on their Bulls jersey, maybe I think uh, six weeks ago, some of those boys would have played Varsity Cup, would have had no idea that they're going to be playing against Western Province uh, at Newlands. I think, uh, um, what? They Loftus. Played at, at Loftus. Loftus, Loftus at home. Um, I think the Bulls scored first also. Uh, that the undebut the, uh, the wing mm-hmm. and they obviously when they started well they thought hey maybe they'll be in for it but I think it was always going to be a tough challenge to come up against province yes. with I think how many box out mm-hmm. and then the guys playing in the Rainbow Cup final you've got under 21 guys out mm-hmm. but I think for the Bulls they would have been happy um, to see what was the guys that's next in line and I think the, the Bulls would have been proud of those guys who, who played uh, uh, against the Western, yes. a very strong Western Province side. It was a very strong Western Province side. Yeah, I think, I think yet again, like the, the Sharks-Benetton game, um, I don't think we need to... Bulls-Benetton. I mean the Bulls-Benetton, sorry, <laughs> uh, in the final. I don't think we need to look too much into the Bulls-Stormers game and, and make a decision to say the Bulls are going to battle. Um, I think Dusty beat it head on to say that part of the fact that uh, Jake White could have seen the depth that they have. And, and yes, they battled, and the scoreline shows that, but there's a few players that did put their hands up. What is important, though, is with the A side and probably half of the B side away in Italy, these guys pulled the rat out of the bag and they secured a bonus point, which could possibly just help them at the end. And I'm saying this because the Bulls are coming back now, so it's not the same Bulls side that's going to play the Stormers and the Lions or the Sharks again. So you can't look into that and say, well, the Bulls are terrible because you have to be realistic. I mean, it was basically a half a BC side that played because the balance of the guys were gone. Um, and that is why Dobson, well, the coach of Stormers, said as well, he's happy with the win, but he's not happy with the scoreline because they should have put them to the test. And that is where they didn't. I mean, they had the, the hooker, the deputant hooker scored four tries. I mean, so all those things are positives. But I mean, from a from a coaching point of view, and Dusty will talk here as well. From Crusaders' point of view, it's not always the fact that you want to rake up the points because you could beat them by 150 yeah. more and learn nothing. Um, it's how you want to keep your structures and what you want to do. And when you put in that final dagger to make sure, because you'll have targets as well. So I I can just imagine Western Province would have had a target to say we don't want to come away with at least 50 points on the board, and that they didn't achieve. Um, but I think what is important for them is not getting injuries, and those, those are the more important things. Bonus point is a must, which they got. Um, yes, there's certain things. And, uh, you know, when you play a so-called weaker side, a lot of time you lose your structure and you lose yes. everything and you just want to run from everything. And, I mean, if you look at a lot of their handling, some of their handling was shocking. Um, but that's part of that because you start lose con- losing concentration because you're not playing a so-called quality side and that's not at your yes. level and that's so. But ultimately, as a coach, you go there, the worst could have happened, they could have lost. I mean, it would have been a different story. So they went there with a bonus point, they top of the log. Now it's for them to manage the rest of the season to see how they go because the other franchises aren't going to play a weak bull side again. 
So they are very fortunate that they got, let's call it, 45 points out of it. Yeah, I, I agree with Mark. I think um, going forward, the Bulls are going to be, I think, they'll always be right up there. It's going to be a tough, tough, uh, whenever you're going to come up against the Bulls team, is going to be a, a tough game this year. Um, and I think um, they will come back from this. But I agree, Stormers uh, or Western Province got lucky there. They got five points against the Bulls, whether it was a weakened Bulls team. So they won ahead against any other team. But um, with the Stormers, obviously, or Western Province, you're always going to, um, I think, it's difficult to keep your standards or your structure because if you have a, a line out now, you want to do your phases, but you get a line break and then the guy falls offload and then everyone wants to score a try. So it's always difficult, but you obviously want to go into the game and, and tick your boxes. You want to say, okay, how's my set piece? How's my line outs? How was our defensive effort? Um, so those are the things that uh, the, the boxes they would would have wanted to tick. I think so. And if you look at all the position that they had, and I mean, they only had a handful of tackles that they made and things like that. With all the position and territory they had, that is part of why Dobson is so angry at them to say they should have done a lot more with what they had. You know, but I think any coach any coach would uh, would have been happy with, I won't say the performance, because obviously he had different things that he wanted, but with a scoreline, because as you say, I don't think another side is going to put 50 past the Bulls this year. No. Then talking about the fixtures, upcoming fixtures, on the 23rd, the Lions versus Western Province, Ellis Park, or Emirates? Airline. Airline. Mm. Emirates. Airline. Yeah, same one. Ellis Park. <laughs> uh, then on the 25th, the Bulls versus the Pumas in Pretoria. On the 26th, Griquas versus Cheetahs. And then on the 30th, We've got Cheetahs versus Bulls and then Western Province versus Sharks. Now, something that's very interesting is, first of all, the midweek games that they are playing now. And then if you look at the Cheetahs, they haven't played up until the 26th. And then they play on the 26th, which is a mid midweek game. And then they play on the 30th, which is the Saturday game. So they play two massive games against Griquas and then against the Bulls within... Five days, which I think is going to be a tall order. I think in general, sorry, Dusty, I think in general it's difficult. Um, and, and I'll go, and with respect yet again, I'll go to the smaller unions. For them to play, let's for argument's sake, say a Monday, a Wednesday, and a, I mean, sorry, a Monday, a Saturday, a Wednesday, and a Saturday, two weeks in a row, compared to a team like the Bulls, for argument's sake, that has plenty of depth, that in itself is a struggle. I mean, here's the Pumas that beat the Lions over the weekend. And they themselves have already had a few injuries. You know, so, so I think your, your management of the team and your team structures and whatever is important here. And a concern for a bigger union like the Lions now. I mean, the Lions have lost. So now the coaching staff said, for argument's sake, we're playing Pumas, a so-called smaller union. Let's not play X, Y, and Z, and we'll bring in A and B to play. Now they have to think differently now because they can't make the same mistake against another team because they know how to play catch-up rugby. And, and when your injuries come into play uh, and your players that you want to rest come into play, then it makes it very difficult, Dusty. Yeah, I think if you look at Griquas, uh, and I'll talk especially Griquas because I've played there also a little bit, um, they always... Uh, come close and then they then they miss out. I think they played one semi final though. That was the last year of uh, 
of uh, Sean, I think it's her name, Sean, let's hit the Sharks now. Yes. Ford coach, that's his last year. But they always used to play well the first round and halfway to the second round, and there's injuries and to keep players, and it's difficult to, to replace those guys because there's not a budget to, to sign three hookers and five centers, so that's always going to be the challenge, especially with the injuries. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I don't know why they do it, though. What is the reason do they want to uh, uh, play the games quicker? It's not like the guys are in a bubble where they have to, because the guys are at home. I, I, I don't know what, what, it, what the reason would be. I don't know what be. the thinking was behind it, but, I mean, there's so much rugby taking place now because after, after the Lions, we're going to, into the rugby championships again and then we're going at the end of the year. But having said that, it's got nothing to do with the Springboks because the Springboks are out in any yeah. case. But I just think, in general, there's, there's been so much rugby taking place but, I mean, it, it defeats what we're saying now. So much rugby, but yet we bring in midweek games. So, but let's not complain. Sure. Eh? We were yeah, crying about rugby, so <laughs> long may it continue. And it's nice isn't to have a midweek game. There's something isn't this different. an opportunity now for clubs to to start stepping up again and, and producing players that can step into provincial colours to, to help out with the depth here? 100%. Especially, especially at the smaller unions or so-called smaller unions. 100%. You know, if you we're fortunate at the Sharks... Um, if you look at our union, I mean, they they made it clear to say that um, they don't only look at their contracted players. So we will have, let's say, at Crusaders, uh, and well done, by the way, uh, Giraffe making his, his debut yeah, for the yeah, Bulls yeah. On, on Saturday. Um, well, the guys the tight, were very excited, yeah. Yes, and, and he's, a, he's a local boy, obviously, coming from Crusaders, but years ago he played at Belito Dolphins. And then he went to Northern Free State, I think it was, yeah, and then he came back to Crusaders, yeah. and now he's made his debut on the weekend for the Bulls. So well done to you. Um, and, and as I said, speaking of that, so it, it makes it very difficult, you know. So, um, But it is a controlling thing, and you need to ensure that you, you focus on the right areas. Yeah, but, I, I think there, there is opportunities. Um, there is club guys, I think, if you look at... Uh, the, the guys, the, the performances, the guys are dishing up. There's definitely one or two or three or four even guys that can definitely make the step up. Um, the only problem with going to the small unions is that guys have got jobs. Mm. The problem is now you must give up your job and go play for the girlfriends for for six months contract yeah. and come back. That is the challenge that we have. I mean, when rugby was better and the finances were better of the unions, a small union like the girlfriends or SVD could say, come and we'll give you a six or two-year contract. It's worth taking a risk. Now guys are turning those things down to stay yeah. and work. And But definitely, uh, uh, there's definitely enough uh, quality in KZN for guys to make a step up. Not everyone, um, but there's definitely a couple of guys that I feel that, that deserves opportunity. But I think that's part of the problem why so many non-contracted players come and play at the Crusaders or Rovers or Collegians or wherever they play. Um, for that reason, because now, I mean, when we spoke to Sean Everett and then we, we spoke about the same thing to say, the shark, uh, the Springboks have been pulled out of the franchises now. Now you look at the Bulls for you, and prime example, what happened at the Bulls yeah. this weekend, that's a prime example. So now the Bulls go and play in the final, who do they take? They take many of those players that played in the Varsity Cup and club games and whatever too, and what do they do? Now, I mean, those guys, some of them might never play Curry Cup ever again because they're not contracted. That guy can put on his CV, played Curry Cup right before the Bulls, and that's, I mean, that's part of his CV. So, I mean, just that, I mean, we had Francois Klopper um, that played for the Bulls on the weekend as well. He's an ex-Crusaders boy. 
Um, he went to Tucky's, played in the Varsity Cup, and there he is in, in, in making his debut for the Bulls. So I think this will also create lots of opportunity um, and may it continue for a long time because we have quality players in South Africa. Yeah, no, um, just to touch on that, uh, the, the talent that's in the clubs, I think um, we can communicate that better. I think it, it is sad that a guy like a Giraffe gets a chance at the Bulls. I think he probably could have got a chance here. Yes. Um, and and still stayed to say this and just say, come train with us. That or wouldn't a, have cost them or anything. A or, or a trial, <laughs> yeah. Just go on a trial. In, um, but I think there's not, there's not me criticising the union because I think no, they're no, doing no, a great, I think they're yeah. doing a really great job. Um, but I think we as clubs, we need, there needs to be better lines of communication to identify players. So we can say, we, or if they call all the coaches and we say, listen, yeah, I've had a look um, there's the one guy at Collegians and Marx is the guy at Collegians and this guy. Maybe give him a chance. Yeah. Cost you nothing. But Invite I mean, him for a week or six weeks like the Bulls are doing with uh, Tobias' son now. He's there Correct. in a trial. So. But I mean, let's speak, let's speak Francois Klopper quickly. Okay, mm. We just spoke, he made his debut for the Bulls this weekend and he's an ex-Crusaders boy. He came through our ranks, played under 21 rugby. Mm. He had a Sharks contract under 20. Um then obviously whatever happened, his contract wasn't renewed and he went to Tuckies and now he's at the Bulls. So that is a prime example. He was already through our structures and whatever. So you knew what you had. I mean, he played a few Curry Cup games for the Sharks. He played in the in the Stormers, um, at Stormers that time when the, when the Super Rugby was on in the whatever you call these colours that we played Superhero in. Sunday. Superhero Sunday. So he's part of the structure. And whatever the reason was now for that, I mean, he, he went through the cracks and he ended up at the Bulls. But, I mean, he could have been part of us. We've already invested money and coaching time in him and, and so forth. So that's a prime example. You know, what but I think there's professional sports. I think there will always be guys that's going yeah, to make no, the step up. Um, and then they go somewhere else. So that, that is a guy taking opportunity to go yes, somewhere else to play. And you can't you can't criticize you can't keep because yeah, I mean the guys that's here is also playing really well. Yeah, definitely. So. But is that not part of the of the agents and the and the scouts as well? That a scout might have seen him and thought that he might fit better in, in, in Pretoria, better could than be. what he fits here and gave him an opportunity or negotiated something. Well, could be. Also depends on who who is here currently. If you for example, if you're a wing now you might be fourth best at the Sharks and in, yes. in, in then the best anywhere else because yes. you've got all these quality wings, Springbok wings. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at uh, Mandos Tambwe, mm. he went, he was playing in one week, one week yeah. out, and he's playing really well at the Bulls. Oh, he's operating. And, and, and I don't think that he's, um, you can't say why didn't you keep him because you realise that he's not going to play the guys that is really good. And it's difficult to keep the guys. It's difficult to say the guy play here, stay here with us. You're gonna play behind these two wings, and uh, you'll get a chance when you get a chance. Yeah. And in that guy's head, he feels he's the best. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, you can you can go so many players. I mean, let's go to Roscoe Speckman. Uh, he was at the Bulls, obviously at the Cheetahs, and then he went to the Bulls. And he said the best thing that could have happened to him was him leaving the Bulls to go back to the Cheetahs because it made him refocus on whatever. Look where he's today. He's a Springbok. And I'm going to play British and Irish lines. So just as an example, and, and what you're saying is 100%. Now, if you look at a guy like Francois Klopper now, 
he's a youngster. You know, he's still got his old career ahead of him. And all Evan Roos is a prime example. Evan Roos was here by the Sharks. He was a Western Province guy. We brought him in here after the Craven Week. Um, he featured in the odd games, but I mean, we have the Pepsi, Pepsi Butelezis and whoever else, and he hardly ever played for us. And now look at what he's doing at the Stormers. I mean, he's playing super rugby, and, and when you look again, and he's a big unit himself, he might be in the Springbok side himself. And all it took is an opportunity, and now he gets game time week in and week out because he lacked it over here. And he said the other day, it's not because... He didn't like the Sharks or whatever. Game time was important for him as a youngster and he needs to stake a claim. And he got it right at Western Province and he's operating at the moment. Yes. Then, moving on to United Rugby Championships. We were talking about the, the Bulls now getting a bit of a rugby lesson on, on Saturday there in Italy. And now we're taking our four franchises, top franchises across Europe later this year to go and play in the in the United Rugby Championships. The question that I want to ask you guys, are we ready for this? Dusty? Yeah, I'm sure we'll be ready. I think if uh, we've played against the best teams in the world on a week-in, week-out basis for the last how many years of professional rugby and super rugby against Australia and New Zealand, I'm sure we can play against these guys. It's going to be a different challenge, but I think it's also going to be exciting. I think it's going to be, uh, to watch, I think, play Munster and all those teams is going to be different. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. Um, so I hope we can do well. I think we'll do well. I don't think it's going to be easy. It's never going to be easy. All those, things, all those teams up north, it's going to be a different challenge for us. Um, hopefully, uh, some of the players that has come back to play for our local franchise with a bit of experience... And a guy like Rassi Erasmus might share his experience with our local coaches of how difficult it's going to be up north. But uh, I'm excited. I, I always think we're going to do well. So Africans, we don't want to be too arrogant like we've seen the last last week. But I always think we, we can do well if we prepare well. And, um, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I can tell you that. Yeah, look, I, I think I agree with you. Look, the first year might be a, a massive struggle for us. I mean, you look at when when the Cheetahs and the Kings went up to Pro 14 rugby. They battled. Um, yes, one can argue the fact that they might might not have been our top franchises that went to go and play there. I mean, you're playing quality sides. You were talking about the Munsters and wherever. I mean, yes, Bennett and that has never won anything that's gone through to the final and annihilated the Bulls. So it's a difficult competition. And as I said, you're not playing the same franchise week in and week out. You're playing different franchises and you have to travel all over the show to play these guys. And you're now playing against quality international players in Europe when you go there. But I do think that, as I said, the first year might be a struggle to find your feet and to play in those conditions. I mean, it might be snowing or very cold or raining or whatever that we don't have yes more so that specific time of the year so I think that in itself is going to be a challenge um, but as Dusty said I think there's so many players that have now played overseas before for years that are now slowly but surely coming back into our franchises that could help it didn't help the Bulls on Saturday because I think our mindsets were different so it could help I said but the difference as well is the Bulls went to, to Italy and played in a once-off game so 
the Stormers and whoever, the Sharks and whoever is going to go when they're going to play, it's going to be a multitude of games over there. So they might battle the first one or the second one or whatever. Now all of a sudden, um, the coaching staff need to analyse all the other teams and how they play and where they play from. So, I mean, it's a, it's a complete different ball game. I think there's, there's more work for the coaching staff actually to do and to prepare their boys to go overseas. And what is important, like Rossi, when we did in the World Cup, we played, trained under uh, wet with wet balls and a specific time of the day and that because we played in those conditions when we went to the Japan. So I think uh, if the coaches are, are smart enough, they'll obviously emulate um, the conditions that would be, uh, you can't obviously emulate when it's minus three degrees or whatever, obviously that's a problem. But I mean, when it's wet weather and whatever, there'll be a lot more kicking kicking going on than just playing running rugby. Um, but it's exciting. And, and what is more important, yeah, I think our players will need to do adapt, obviously. But the learning curve for them is, is going to be vital because it will just make our own South African players so much better. I mean, you look at the guys, the Dupria brothers, for argument's sake, that have gone to sail sharks. You can look at Faf de Klerk. All those players have become better players going to play in Europe. And South African rugby can only benefit from that. Definitely. I'm glad to hear that you guys still back the South Africans. Arrogant or not, I think we do need some arrogance going across. Yeah, no, I think we always have to back uh, our South African teams, I think. You know, when, when we talk that, you're 100% correct. And I think part of where the Bulls fell down on, on Saturday, and, and you're talking about backing ourselves, is the physical dominance up front. And I think South Africa, traditionally, that is what we have. We have all the the Bucky's Buertas of the world, and that's where we are. And I think the Bulls struggled there. So if we go to Europe, because a lot of people say it's slower in Europe because of the conditions and whatever, regardless, I think if we dominate up front and we release our backs to play and to set it up, I think then we'll, we'll do fine. But Stick the coaching to our staff, brand of rugby. 100%, but the coaching staff will have to do their work yeah. properly. Otherwise, we're going to have... But we, mu- we must just remember, we, uh, in maybe back in the days, we could have only relied on physicality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is physical now. Yeah. If people make the tackles, you're not going to run over people. You're going to have to outsmart teams. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing how it's going to affect... Um, the recruitment of teams is teams gonna try to recruit bigger props that's a bit heavier and in the type of backs that's gonna play. So I'm excited to see how it's gonna change selections and yeah, all those I think things. We'll, we'll we'll benefit from that because our player skill levels will change and there's certain extra things that they'll need to learn and that we don't necessarily do in South Africa because of the playing conditions or the style of rugby will change slightly. You know, you can't have. Uh, a team that only kicks now for arguments or that wants to run from his own 22. You'll need to strategize now, but it's going to be great. Going to be great. Then moving back home, back to KZN, the KZN RU Club Rugby results for this past weekend. Um, unfortunately, two of the games that were supposed to be played, one was scratched and the other one postponed due to covid um, a Mums and Toti Rugby Club had to scratch against College Rovers for reasons that Mark will share with us. The game, the game between Richards Bay and Collegians were postponed until further notice due to, to COVID issues. And then the game that was, was actually played, Vox Crusaders 62, UKZN Peter Maritzburg 10, 
And the second teams, uh, Vox Crusaders, 62, UKZN, PMB, 7. Dusty, your thoughts on your games against UKZN? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, I think you have to congratulate all the players involved. Uh, the second team coaches, uh, Colin and Tox, did really well there. And then obviously our coaching staff, me, Ronnie and Zabulo. And I mean, but first of all, a team effort, our support base, our chairmen, two chairmen. Um, I think it was a good day for Crusaders uh, rugby. Um, first half was a little bit uh, all over the show. I think um, Mark touched on it early on. When you think uh, you can beat a team with 50, you start throwing the ball around. and So we created a couple of opportunities the first half, but which we didn't take, and second half was a little bit better. But I think overall it was a really good day. Good day for Crusaders Rugby Club. Um, but uh, we've got lots to do to work on. To improve still if we want to... Because obviously we've got big games ahead for us. Yeah. And so we know what we're working towards. And it's going to be very, very difficult games coming up. No, I agree. You guys played in Maritzburg. No, we played in Did Durban. you play at home? Yeah. Okay, because obviously playing in Maritzburg is also a different kettle of fish when you yeah. play there. But... Dusty, just from, from our side, you guys have, have really turned the table um, over the last few years. And, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to coach there myself, I think it was about three years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And there already you could see the change, um, how things have worked and how planning has gone. And, um, you know, to, to, to see you guys put it together like this week in and week out and, and other than coaching Coaching structures and that, obviously, from a conditioning point of view, is important as well to keep your guys fit. And and proof is going to be in the pudding, obviously, when you guys start playing the college rovers and, and collegians. I think that's obviously your two tough, uh, tougher yeah. opponents. Um, but, I mean, what you want from a coaching point of view is to see the upwards curve, and which is definitely where you guys are at now. And I think more important to that is the self-belief that the players are developing, if they haven't already had that, but that they are developing week in and week out, regardless of the scoreline. Uh, obviously, coaches look at things differently to players more often than not. But I think the self-belief in your team currently is that, and yes, as you said earlier, one needs to watch from an arrogance point of view now to say we've still got a lot of work to do. Uh, we're not where we want to be and, 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 and take every game as, as it comes. But I think you guys are on the right path and... With, with keeping level-headed and staying in your structures and understanding where they want to go, I think this is the year you... And I don't want to put the markers on it so early now. It's still early days. But I think this is the year that you guys could possibly take the cup. Yeah, I, I, I think we speak about it week on a weekly basis. We, we haven't won anything yet. We think about it, we, we've, we have not won anything. So um we are where every other club is i think if you go to collegians they'll feel like they can win um, i think rovers obviously will always be the favorites they would feel like they can win and, and we have to believe that we can but it's we've won nothing i think uh, you have to there's lots of we have to still play uh, uh vc again if uh, there's lots of games uh, rovers is never going to be easy collegians never going to be easy so it's going to be a tough tough league still um but yeah, you obviously have to give yourself a chance by playing well, and um, but it's always uh, it's never going to be easy. But we look forward to it. I think we go into the game um, feel like we're prepared, but um, I think it's always going to be very difficult. No, yeah, you. But I just think from a from a 
self-belief point of view compared to where you I mean as rugby players and coaches you always back yourself but I think you guys have stepped up to that level now where you physically can start believing if you haven't already that you can actually win this win this league and in the past you know with respect to to all our clubs if we go and play Rovers at Rovers or you go and play Collegians at Collegians there's some sort of hesitancy that it, it might be a tough one mm. But I think where Crusaders is now at the moment, you will back yourself going to play Rovers at Rovers, although you'll still respect them and you know it's going to be an uphill battle, but you'll back yourself that that one you can actually win. Yeah, I think we've obviously as a, we've come a long way as a team um, over the last uh, four or five years. And um, we've come to a point where we believe that any game that we play, we can win. But yeah, also, but also, if but you have to be at your best. Yes. I think yes. we spoke about it uh, uh, in uh, before the UK's end game. I always make example to the boys. I say, if Jap- like I've said before, if Japan can beat the Springboks, why can't we lose to UK's end? Mm. So yeah. if you have to be at your best uh, every week, but that's the beauty of club rugby. It's it's, it's good that it's healthy competition. Um, I think if you speak to the guys from Rovers, they would they wouldn't want it any other way. If you could mm, speak to Jack Dean, uh, Jack Dean wouldn't want uh, an easy game as well. Mm. They want uh, to have a tough league, and if you win the league, then you know you've you've beaten Brandish. good teams. Mm. You don't want a watered down competition. And I think uh, club rugby in case and is healthy. Um, I just hope we can have the fans back and crowd yeah, back soon. 100%. Look, and I also think. You know, when you when you play against uh, against tough oppositions, I mean, you guys are going to come up against Rovers and Collegians. You wouldn't expect um, to go into the game thinking you're going to put 60 past them, you know, but you need to grind it out. And the Rovers, for argument's sake, they will back themselves right until the end. Yeah. But personally, from my from my experience with Crusaders, and that, I think you guys are, if you're not there already, you're very close to that where you guys will believe and you'll fight for each other. And I think... We've seen that over the last few weeks. The brotherhood within that team yeah. is starting to develop, and that is the important factor. Yeah, you have to go. So for me, and for our club, that is the most important thing. We don't want a semi-professional environment. We want an environment, I think, if you look back to your fondest moment, memories as a rugby player, um, it wasn't um, you playing the professional game or semi-pro game. It's you and your guy... Um, creating that friendship, having fun off the field, having a braai. Uh, you see each other the whole week and then on a Sunday you want to see each other again. You can't wait to get to practice to see each other. That's the type of vibe without uh, having too much of a cliche. That is what we want to create and I think we're close to that where we we are friends mm. on and off the field. For us that is, that is important. It's taken yeah. a while but uh, we're enjoying each other's company. That's important. And well done to you guys, and may it continue. Then moving on to the sad part of the, the weekend is Mums and Toti having to, to scratch against Rovers. For I thought we were skipping this one. <laughs> Mark, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring that bus. It's a big red double-decker. Mm-hmm. I have to do this. In um, Versbeck. Un- Drive over in Versbeck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, due to to players not being available, um, we we had to scratch this game. If you maybe want to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, look, it's sad. I, I think no no club, regardless of the division that you play in, like to scratch. Yes. 
Um, part of the reason, and you know, one could have gone the COVID route uh, if you didn't want to be honest. And and obviously, we had a scare in the week, so we could have ridden that ridden that bus. But it wasn't the case at the end of the day. Um, ultimately, when we played Crusaders the week before that, we we picked up a few injuries, um, in seven in total on the first side. Um, but the, the the bigger picture here and the reason why we withdrew was because of the front row injuries. We had no less than nine front row players out, uh, six injured and three guys that, that, that had other commitments. So part of the box smart rules and SARU rules is that you need to have two full front rows, uh, one starting and one on the bench. Um, unfortunately, we only had one prop available and one hooker available for both first and second side. And then uh, our third side played against Crusaders, I think it was on Thursday. Thursday. But personally, I just felt, and, and that was why we applied to the union to ask to scratch, that the third team props and, and hookers aren't conditioned enough in yeah. respect to them now because they don't train and you cannot put them up against a Rovers front row. And as a coach, thinking that you're going to go yeah. and then there's no injuries or whatever, because if they got injured, then it would have been on my head. And it's not the right thing to do. Part of our responsibility is to look after players. And it sounds like I'm making excuses, but it's not an excuse. It's a fact. Um, I couldn't have gone into that game knowing there's a big possibility for those guys to get a neck injury or something. And hence the fact that we, that we asked the union to call it. And unfortunately, it, it happened. And hopefully, it will be the last time this season. I'm sure it will be. Because fair enough, other, other than us not playing. I mean, it puts College Rovers at a at a position now where they can't play, um, yes. you know. And let's say they they beat us and they got a bonus point points difference, like when Crusaders played against us, would would come into the into the occasion now come end of the season, um, because when you scratch like this, obviously Toti don't get points and they get five point log points, but they don't get any points on a points for and points against, and that's where it could cost them. Although I see on the on the. The score sheet, they actually gave them the five points. Yeah, log points. No, actually five points in the game. As a scratch, they get five points. So I don't know if those points are actually going to go to the, the points difference or not. Yeah, um, no, I don't think so. I think it would be five it's... five points and then both teams get zero. But regardless... Um, regardless let, of that, let's, let's, end, let's of, season, the end of season, Correct. There, there, there will be a chance that... And if it was five points, the Rovers would believe that they would have put in more than five points against us. So it's still not a it's still not a true reflection, and it yes. could cost them at the end of the game. You know that's why most clubs take it quite seriously, and they won't just easily scratch and withdraw a team because part of the ruling is that you need to scratch from the below up. Um, but as I said, I didn't want to take the chance to to take a third team player and and no, to you might difference. come in. Yeah, I think it's a massive defense to get a, uh, you can't. You can't take a third-team player and, and, and play him at first-team level. Uh, where guys are training three times a week, and this Oak, the last training session, like he, he, plays a, he plays touch rugby on a, on a Wednesday, and then now you must <laughs> expect yeah. him to and, play well. But And they had a massive game. I mean, the third team played in the in the Foden Bowl against Crusaders, against you guys on, on, on Thursday evening, and they did very well. And Mums and Toti, 28, Vox Crusaders, 28. I mean... They did really well in that game. It's a, it's a draw. And they, they actually played their hearts out. And now you expect that same guy that doesn't train to go into a Saturday to go and play against a Rovers front row. It's just conditioning alone is an yes. issue. Um, yes. You know, fitness-wise, I'm talking about. I mean, he might be physically strong, 
enough to stand his ground. But conditioning. Now he's tired and he's and he's up against a solid Tinas Falker for argument's sake. Um, and and something happens, you know. And the part of the problem there is, as a coach, and, and Dusty and I was in the same position. As a coach, you know he's not conditioned to go there. Yet you're putting him in there. Um, then it's on you, you know. So I just think from a from a player's safety point of view, sadly so, it was it was was the right the right decision. And, but looking and at the depth then as well, you're taking this player and you're going to start him in your first side. Who are you going to replace him with after 60 minutes? Now you're going to expect this guy to play for 80 minutes against a college Rovers that's going to bring a fresh front row at about 60, 50, 60 minutes. They're going to bring a fresh front row and you expect this guy to still stand. It's just not going to work. No, I agree. And and part of the problem, Jaren, is now obviously your best your best 13 players to start and your second best 13 players to play off the bench. Thinking now that we lost nine to ten front rows already, so that second best guy would probably have to play second side first, and then bench for the first side, which makes it even worse, you know. So, but it is what it is, and and as I said, hopefully we we won't be in that position again. <laughs> and I we're think everyone forward. is struggling this year with numbers. I yeah, think up all is. the clubs I've spoken to, um, especially with club like with your injuries, especially with the front row. I think my second team coach always loses his hair when uh, we start putting up props to sit on the bench for the first team <laughs> and, yes. but we tried to make it work and I think we're all in this, okay, not all in the same but you guys obviously struggling this year a little bit with numbers but I always say rugby goes like this like a wheel the one year you're up the other year no, you're no, down no, and I'm sure you guys will come back and you know no part, time. Of, part of our problem yes. that we've had we, over the last today another prop um, that I followed up with today is now sorry they don't want to play because of COVID in the third wave and they're sceptical of what's going on. So um, this specific prop wasn't available on the weekend because he was away. But now I followed up today to see if he's available. Now he's stopped indefinite. So COVID is also... And, you know, we need to respect that. You can't you can't criticise them for that. No. Um, but it is what it is and we'll move on and we're looking forward to our game on Saturday against Richards Bay, which no. is going to be a tough one in Richards Bay. Talking yeah. talking yeah. about the upcoming games, I see that um, Crusaders got a bye this weekend. We've got two uh, weekends that we're off this weekend. Next could weekend. I, could you release one or two of your props? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got two byes and then we're going into um, playing Rovers. I think yeah. that's going to be a massive challenge, but to be excited to see where we are as a team. Yeah. Because they'll yeah. really test us. And um, we want to see how far we. You're playing Rovers at. How far we've gone or how far we need to still go. Are you playing Rovers at Rovers? I haven't even. I I don't know. They'll be be in a similar position because um, they. they Playing at Rovers. Yeah, they didn't play against us this weekend. They're not playing against. I think they play VC this weekend. They're playing VC this weekend, which is also off. Yeah, VC is. Next weekend. That's off. They're yes. going to play VC next weekend. Yeah. They're going to... Uh, VC is asked for next weekend. Yeah. Yes. Because they've had a couple of cases. Uh, so so they've also now got two week. weekends that they didn't Go play. Yes. So, so that game, uh, Varsity College versus Rovers, which would have happened at Varsity College, also off now. And then I see it's UKZN PMB playing SA Home Loans uh, Durban Collegians this weekend. Where and are then, they playing? Um, in Peter Maritzburg. I see. Now, there you start questioning yet again. Yes. And I'm not saying Collegians isn't good enough to beat them there. But similar to Griekwas and the Pumas, if yes. you play Maritzburg like Riches Bay away, 
then you need to bring your own game. Yeah. Otherwise, it becomes very difficult. And then it's Richards Bay versus um, a Mums and Toti Rugby Club in Richards Bay, which is also going to be a, a massive challenge for us. Yeah, it's a tough one. And Magnus uh, was in studio last week and he put the challenge out there. So uh, <laughs> we're we up for that. Unfortunately for them, and, and Magnus, if you are listening, sorry to hear that you guys had to withdraw because they they had a bad one. I mean, their first, their first league game uh, was a bye. Yes. And then they played Rovers at home, and then they were supposed to play Collegians away, which is now also a bye. So they would have had a bye, played one bye, bye. and then no. play us again. You play know? Us and again. as he said, for his for their preseason preparations, um, they had they, they had, had two had games and three weeks off game, and then for the last month they didn't play, and no. then they oh. went into that. It makes it very difficult, you know. So, but good luck to them as well. It would be, it would be. I'm quite interested to see what's going to happen when we go. I know the after party is quite good there. But I, I spoke to <laughs> Cohen. They were at Richards Bay last week. Yes, yes. Um, Cohen and Louis, and he said it was a tough game. They said they yes. said they're gonna. They. But uh, we've. Uh, We've played Richards Bay a couple of times in Richards Bay. We've never had an easy game yeah, there. No, We've lost there also. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can you, you can lose a game easy there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't go there with your A game and your yeah. your A mindset, you can lose it very, very no, easily. That's why you need to go there by bus. Because if you go there by car, then you're not hiding to nothing. You need to let your players focus all the way there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's looking forward Spoken to, to, to Ma- Magnus today, and they're looking forward to hosting us there. I'm sure they are. They definitely are. Then uh, I think that concludes our our talk. Mark, you want to say something about the Proteas? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, congratulate them on on their win in the Caribbean, beating West Indies two test matches in a row. And uh, I think it's the first time in about four years that we've that we've won a series away. And then obviously a big up to Keshav Maharaj as well. Um, he took. Five five wickets in the, in this game and Durban boy. yes yes plays for the Dolphins and um, it's the first time that a three wicket that three three wicket all was taken in I think forty years by a Protea player in a Test match I'm referring to now so big ups to them and well done to Mark Boucher and and his coaching staff and may this continue I think by beating them we've now gone up. In the in the ranks by one, I think we sixth now or fifth um, in world, and and may it continue. May they follow the Springboks. Yeah, no, I think it was a good result. I think we all been waiting for that. Uh, but yeah, I was very happy for Kesaf Marat. I think you uh, always, if you look at him, he's a fierce competitor. So yeah, well you know, you know what was important here. Yeah? I mean, playing in the Caribbean, they they make the the pitches conducive for seam attack and uh, I mean there was hardly any assistance or whatever and as, as a spinner obviously he had to put in the extra bits and what is good and he spoke about it afterwards that Dean Elgo the captain backed him 100%, 100% and she's big ups um, to back him on a, on a seamless pitch um, and then still to take five wickets is, is big up for him and, and yeah hopefully it will elevate him into the top top ranks of, of world cricket and well done yet again to the Proteas. Well done, Proteas. Dusty, congratulations to you guys as well. Your win this weekend and your couple of wins in the league thus far. Um, enjoy the two weeks off. Yeah. Then you're meeting Rovers and all the best for the season going forward. No, thank you guys for having me. It was really fun. 
And uh, good luck to the to Toti there next Tuesday. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk about the props uh, that you'll give us for the next two weeks, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you need to keep them in the game and keep them fit and whatever. Yeah, so. well, it depends on what you put in the envelope. But oh, then we can quite talk. a bit. My, my, chairman is, my chairman is free-flowing with, with things like that, so it's not a problem. <laughs> you must introduce me, please. I would also like to meet him. <laughs> no, but thank you, guys. Thank yeah. you, Dusty. Um, nice having listening to all your, your ideas, your thoughts, and the way you see the game. Always interesting. Uh, thank you. I thank look you. forward to crossing the border now. Back yeah, to yeah. Durban. Enjoy your curfew <laughs> drive home. Yeah. Just don't leave your passport on the table here, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. No, Dusty, thanks. And, and I know it uh, was a far travel for you, but thanks for accepting and and uh, chatting a little bit about Crusaders and, and the... the, the management staff and how you guys have grown and where you want to go to so all the best to you guys and thanks for joining us in studio we'll definitely push on your button again oh thank you guys thank you thank you very much mark appreciate your input again always nice listening to your your thoughts and your vast knowledge yeah guys thanks for that it's just i'm just happy that dusty was here because i'm getting tired of your voice but um other than that uh, it's nice being in studio chatting rugby and then uh we're looking forward to next week's uh, next week's host as well as we continue with the premier division um coaches and and staff so thanks a lot for that uh, enjoy your week as well thank you for tuning in to touchline from myself casper else and mark cameron have a great rugby week